Well, good morning. Hey, good morning. It's been Welcome a while. Back. Welcome back, guys. It's been a while. It's yeah. Been a while. I feel like that deserves a clapping round of applause. Clapping noise. We're back. Which Let's one is it? it? A, B, C, or D? I don't know. Oh, it's oh, C. There, there we go. Right <laughs> right I like it. I mean, no, it, it wasn't a button. We have people here. Just all these people. All of Brad's dogs are clapping yeah. now. <laughs> so good morning everybody welcome to the rooted in logos podcast episode 25 it's amazing to think we've been doing this for half a century no quarter of a century just oh wait just quit it just just quarter just of the way quit. to a dollar oh yeah we are yeah we're yeah, almost so. there yeah yeah just three more quarters and we have a dollar <laughs> we're excited we are <laughs> we're a little slap happy this morning we're glad we're really excited to be back so my name is brad i'm joined this week by um well just two pretty amazing people, Carter and Austin. Wait, why'd you say this week and not as always? As always. Okay. Wow. Two pretty Makes amazing people. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So, but we are uh, excited to be back. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we apologize for being gone so long. We, uh, as we, we've alluded to on like Facebook and stuff like that, just uh, a lot of stuff going on with the Root and Logos family. A lot of spiritual attacks, and we we really appreciate everyone just praying for us and uh, just the the good feedback we've been getting and encouraging us to come back, which has been really nice. Yeah, and it's it has helped. So thank you, thank you very much. And we are we really are we're super excited to get back into God's Word, the Logos, just talking about His truths and reaching whoever. God wills, and yeah, we're and and it's pretty cool because I, you know, we put out Facebook messages and we put out different statuses and stuff, and and we can see who follows us on on our social media accounts, and there are people that I don't know, and and I know there are some people in different states that have picked this up, and they different countries, have other countries, but yeah. they have um, those of you that are on our Facebook page that we don't personally know, we I saw at least I saw your likes and your your. Uh, kind of your support through this. So thank you guys for that. We really appreciate it because we wanted to get back to this and uh, thank God we're, we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's been a few weeks. So uh, the structure format might change a little bit at first. Uh, we may only have one episode a week for a little bit just to kind of get back into the groove. And, and uh, you know, Austin's got some uh, children that, that play sports now on Saturdays. And so it's, um, you know, oh, might be a little difficult to get two episodes in on a Saturday. Uh, college football starts next week. I have season tickets, and so I'll be gone some Saturdays out to Lexington. To so we'll we'll have to um, adjust our schedules. But I think that means we'll probably just put one episode out. If it's long, we might split it into two. Yeah. It's just going to depend week to week. So we'll get some consistency, and we'll uh, we'll let you guys know exactly how things are how things are going and how things progress. Uh, but until then, we'll get to this week's topic. Actually, before we do that, let's hear from Carter. He's got some some new life developments. Um, what's going on with you? There's nothing new. And these whole time, nothing new. Nothing exact new. Exact same. Exact same. Everything's exactly the same. So no, um, I got a new job with a can. What are you? I don't know. I'm always like, what do I call these things? Is it a construction place? Company. Construction yeah. company. Yeah. 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 Well. I don't know. I I always word it different, and it's never right. But um, I got a job <laughs> with a construction company. Um, I'm not really sure what else is new. I, I started my master's degree this week, so that's right. Got a couple coll- couple classes rolling right now, and wow, starting back into the groove of getting homework done. <laughs> so that's fun. I got to do some work today, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to write a thesis statement. So that'll be that'll be Ooh. good. Got a giant paper due at the end of the semester. I was gonna so. say, yeah, you're. Well, you had a paper due this week? No, just some discussion questions. Okay, cool. To, Get us acclimated to the class, I guess. Sweet. But, and they haven't graded them yet, so I have no idea if I did it right. Because, like, so I'm used to this. No one cares about this. This is boring, but I'm going to say it anyway because I haven't talked to you all in a while. Um, I care. You care. Yeah, all right. So, we do. We do care. When you format a paper in college, you have to use a certain, uh, certain style. Mm-hmm. So, when I was in my undergrad, we used APA style. APA. Right? Yep. This college, my master's degree is using Turbian. Turbane? I don't know. I don't know. What? Yeah. I have no idea what it is. Uncultured swine. Never heard of it. Don't have a clue what it is. And so I'm learning how to style it as we go. So APA uses like in-text citations in parentheses. And then you do a bibliography at the end. Right. Uh, Turbanian. Turbian. Turtle man. I don't know. They, they, (laughs) They use footnotes. 
And so you have to like put a little little one at the top in a little subscript one yeah. and then put it at a footnote and then you have to do a bibliography at the end and it's just a lot more involved. So that's all. Yeah. Uh, I'm complaining, but it's fine. Like I'm, I'm wow. learning how to do this. See, that wasn't boring at all. No, no. It was, I was so intrigued. Like, <laughs> I was like, what's happening next? Gosh, I've missed, I've missed this. I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? No, that makes sense. Cause like APA is for your, a lot, anybody like in criminal justice, a lawyer, anything like that, or you move into the nursing, doctors, APA, that's their, that's what they do. MLA is just lame. They only do it in high school. Yeah. Tur- Turtle Man? Is that Turtle what we're Turban, Turtle Man, that's what we're Turban, calling it. Turban Knights, I, mean, if, I don't if know. You're doing, if you're doing anything <laughs> theology-wise, that makes sense. It does. Because yeah. like doing anything biblically, there's footnotes, there's, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah. It's fine. I just want. I'm go, justifying. I just want to go back to APA. I know how to do it. <laughs> I don't have to relearn things. <laughs> Gosh. So anyway, that's kind of what's going on, Austin. What's new in, with you these last few weeks? Any, anything oh, that's new, or, new or noteworthy? Well, we we have a baby due in a month, September twenty so, third. Yeah, yep. yeah. We're we're not on your birthday. It's happening. <laughs> twenty six. That's fine. Name. I it, mean, if it. it's if it's early, that's okay. Too. If it ha- if fine. it's on his birthday, you have to name it Brad. That's no, not. That's not like true. first, middle, and last. Brad, Brad, Brad. <laughs> the middle can be Bradley. Brad, just, Bradley, Brad. I'm gonna move on. Yeah, we're not. This? I'm not. That is not my request. <laughs> yes, it just is. Just so you know, <laughs> he made me request it. Uh, duly noted. Uh, thrown out, but noted. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you guys so ready? Like, are you? We're yeah, totally, definitely. Fourth kid. We're totally. Ready. Carter was that convincing? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the shaking his head no. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's totally fine. fine. We're, we're good. Fine. We're good. No, it, it's it been really good. Um, yeah, just going to the house, getting things ready, uh, little things, get bags packed for hospital, stuff like that. We're we're interested to see how the doctor visit goes. Because, okay. uh, you know, yeah, why not? It, it, maybe we'll talk about it at a different time. So, like, we got big, big hospitals going towards uh, definitely Norton. They just passed something saying... If you are not vaccinated, you cannot visit. They rescinded that about an hour after they put it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it happened yesterday and, and they, I saw it on, I think I saw it on Facebook. My mom pointed it out to me, sent me an article. Yeah. And so I read up on that and just kind of looked to see what the reaction was on, on Facebook and different social medias. And uh, it was not good. Good. And so within like an hour or two, they were like, never mind. That's not what we meant, guys. Like, it's fine. We, we totally didn't mean that. Good. The, the news agency just didn't put our retraction out right away. Okay. Hmm. No, you. <laughs> wow. You got shellacked by the by the people. Yeah. And good. And uh, and they should have. And you, you know, changed course. Yeah. So well, and that's the thing. It's like we weren't going to Norton's anyway. But with the RSV going around, anything medical emergency, our our first choice is Norton because I mean they're good. They are. But with something like that, no, no, that's. You're not going to force me to get a vaccine just to come see my infant child. Right. And you're not going to keep me from not going in there. So, what's RSV? Uh, RSV, it, but basically kind of like a common cold, but oh, yeah. When it gets it. into infants, it it's fatal. It's very, very dangerous. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of infants right now in ICUs because of RSV. So, for those listening, we, we are praying for you because yeah. that is very, very scary. And, uh, well, let, let's, because I don't have a super long plan for this episode. I have, we have a kind of a brief topic. I just, I'm, I'm curious, this vaccine thing. So I saw something kind of cool. I want to brag on somebody real quick. Uh, I saw a, a post from the band Skillet. And yeah. they, Cooper, John Cooper. I've been a fan of his for a long time. And now over the last year or so, he's really like, oh, dude, he's up. He is solid. Yep. Um, Theologically and just culturally and everything, he is he is there. I'm ha- about halfway through his book right now, and it's, it's yeah. As fantastic. soon as you're done, I'm reading it. Absolutely. So we um, there he put out this post and he said we're canceling the show in Kansas because of the vaccine. And the the, the statement was worded kind of strange, and I was like, okay, are you pro vaccine mandates? Oh, yeah. Anti? Like I don't really understand what you're saying here. Who canceled the show? Who did the... So they put out a video statement because he was like, yeah, we realized our statement was a little little muddy. So he puts out a statement. He says, so this show, this venue in Kansas says, you cannot come to the show unless you have a vaccine. Period. Ooh. 
And John was like, that's not America. That's not freedom. We will not play in a venue that says that you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. So they canceled that show. So then he starts talking about the rest of the tour. He's like, so a lot of people have asked, okay, what about these shows that are saying you have to either have the vaccine or a negative test? He goes, we hate that too. (laughs) He said, but if we take a stand and say we're not playing shows that do that, he's like, it's not ideal. We don't like it. We think it's a terrible idea. They'd have to cancel the tour. Yeah, they would. So they're not doing that. They're they're gonna allow themselves to play at venues that require either a negative test or a vaccine. And he says it's because at least it gives you a choice. Exactly. Yeah. As as opposed to the mandate. So my encouragement, whatever you feel about vaccines, whether you've gotten one, not gotten one, whether you want to get one, don't want to get one, I have opinions. We all have opinions, probably very strong ones. You need to take a page out of this book. I don't know if John Cooper got vaccinated or not. I haven't listened to his podcast in a little while. I'm sure he mentions it, but I'm not sure if he has or not. I'm not sure if he, I, I don't know where he stands, but he stands for at least the the freedom to choose that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage anyone listening, whether you've been vaccinated or not, take a stand against these mandates that are coming. Yeah. Because what what, what I'm afraid is happening, just like it happened in 2020 with, with the start of COVID, is we're just going to say, okay, we're just going to let it, let it happen. Yeah. And you see what happens when you just let things happen. One or two people standing up, the three of us standing up against it. I mean, yeah, that that's good and that's solid, but like, how or, much difference is that going to make? Paper, right? Yeah, hurricane, yeah. It's going to take a, a a huge group. It's going to take the half the country that voted a certain way to stand up and say, "Look, get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. I don't care." Don't force us. Don't shove it in our face. Don't make us do it to live everyday lives, live our everyday lives, to go to concerts, go to venues, right? We were, Carter and I were talking last week about the football games coming up and what Kentucky's going to do with the, with the uh, vaccine mandates and all that. And and they actually said, we're not going to require you to show proof of anything. Good for masks required inside, which at a football stadium literally means for the common folk like me and Carter who go to a game, the bathrooms. Masks required in the bathrooms. Wow. That's it. Who's enforcing that? And anyway? who's going to enforce that? <laughs> right. Uh, ex- excuse me, sir. I, I know you're at the urinal, but just put, put your, your mask fell over your nose. Like, can you, or can you yeah. put that back up? No one's going to enforce that. No. But. Wow. So just stand up and, and, yeah. and encourage everyone around you to stand up and say, we, we refuse these mandates. And it, it'll make a difference. Yep. Because what, what talks? Money. Yep. Money talks in this culture. Yeah, it right? does. So if, if enough people say, we're not going to patron your business if you're going to do that, whether we're vaccinated or not, we're not going to do that, they'll change course because they'll lose money. Yep. Well, and my thing, what I've seen come up from this is Christians in the debate of, oh, well, what would Jesus do? And a lot of it is with the masks or with the vaccines is, oh, well, Jesus would wear a mask and Jesus would get the vaccine. I'm like, for, for one, you have no idea what Jesus would do. We know through scripture what Jesus did, and it has nothing to do with a mask or a vaccine. Uh, beside the fact that he was around lepers, and he was healing them, touching them. And back then, leprosy in their mind was 10 times more infectious than COVID-19 was. But that's beside well, and, the fact. And actually, and actually dangerous to everybody, not just uh, right. immunocompromised or old people. It's, it's Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. My, my thing is, you don't know what Jesus would do. We know what he did in these certain circumstances, but you you cannot come out and say, oh, Jesus would ma- wear a mask, so you have to wear a mask. No. Uh, that's almost borderline blasphemy. You, you do not get to tell people what the Son of the Most High God w- would do, so quit. Quit doing that. You worry about yourself. You make the decision. If you want to get vac- vaccinated, then do it. I mean, go ahead. I there, No issue for me. You want it, you do it. You want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. But do not force that on me. Oh, and again, we live in America. That that is our choice. If we want to die because of a virus, then so be it. Well, it's all about risk assessment, right? It's all about what mm-hmm. you're comfortable with as an individual. You make a risk every time you get in your car. Yep. You make a risk that is statistically more dangerous most for most people. Because yeah. we know within our group here, people who have gotten COVID among other illnesses and it's been devastating and and we're not downplaying we want to make sure we make this clear we're not downplaying the virus itself for for certain for a certain group of people certain Mm -hmm. subset of people it is dangerous and it is it is deadly and it is serious well and and that's the fact it 
it's a virus that leads to other things exactly. that are deadly. Exactly. And for all the people we know, the 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 elderly that get it, my my grandma, my grandma passed back in December. She got COVID, but she got pneumonia. Right. And for someone of that age, she was in her eighties. And yeah. pneumonia for for someone that 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 old is it's, is it's very dangerous, almost impossible to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not downplaying the seriousness of of those issues, mm-hmm. but we are concerned about losing our freedoms in this country because it it's happening before our eyes. It is, and um, you know, so just just be mindful and and pray for those you know who are sick. Pray for those who who are dealing with this issue. Like I said, we've had numerous people within our church family that that have that are dealing with this, and one that is still very seriously dealing with this. That that we. Uh, you know, she she needs needs a miracle. She needs yeah. healing, and um, so so yeah. Just be be mindful and and uh, take a stand. My boss is that way. She she got the vaccine and and was you know pretty quick to do it, but she's also like, you absolutely should not mandate it. Good. It is not my choice. Good for her. I, I'm not going to make a choice for you if you don't want to take it. Yeah. So wow. Which I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to. There we go. Yeah. But I think that's a good segue. Yeah. Talking about <laughs> sickness, talking about being sick, having family members sick, dying, uh, kind of leads into our, our topic for the day. And we're bringing scripture into it, but a lot of it, it's conversation. It's yeah. it's discussing this, and we're, we're talking about anger. We're talking about being angry in general versus being angry at God and what that looks like. So, yeah, let's... Let's dive into it. So th- this conversation for me, or this topic for me, came up over the last month or so, and just the situation that I've personally been dealing with, and then the situations that our church family has dealt with as a whole, and everything just kind of hit at once. Everything just kind of happened at once. It did. So you know, we were blindsided by a lot of this, and I was mad. You know, my my aunt and I had a conversation about just faith, and and her question was: So in the midst of everything that's been going on, have you? thought about or considered or wanted to walk away from your faith. And I didn't really want to answer that question right away, but I, I, I thought about it for a minute and answered very honestly. I said, no, that that wasn't something I considered. I feel like I'm a pretty logical person. So like logically, I believe Christianity makes sense. I believe scripture makes sense. And I, I just, I believe what it says. Heart change. I know I've had a heart change. I know how I've, where I've been, where I came from and where I'm at now where I was a year ago versus where I am now spiritually and, and so on and so forth. Like I, I see the change. I know the change is there. So no one ever wanted to walk away and just not believe anymore. But I was mad. It's very mad. I likened it to when you're a teenager and you ask your dad to go over to your friend's house to spend the night or you ask your dad to go on a date or you ask your dad to do something and he says, no, I don't want you to do that or no, you can't do that tonight. And so you're mad. He's still your dad. You still love him. And if, so, you know, but like for a day or two, depending on what the situation is, you're furious and you just don't like him and you don't want to talk to him and you want to give him the cold shoulder and slam doors and throw a temper tantrum. That's kind of where I was. Hmm. And and maybe on some level still dealing with that a little bit. I'm just mad. You're my dad. I love you. But oh, you're the worst right now. Yep. <laughs> like Hard to talk to. Yeah. yeah. So how do we deal with that? And, and how, do we, how do we direct that anger in a more righteous way? Right. Right? So that, that, that's where this conversation started for me was yeah. i'm just I'm just mad yeah well that was a conversation we had yeah i'm like where's your mind at yeah and th- that's what you said i'm like well well let's talk about it and j- just even kind of going back a little bit our whole church was under the only thing i i could liken it to was under siege just it looked like a methodical <laughs> well thought out battle plan of the enemy and he hit strategically um just he hit one of the elders in our church, um, his wife, uh, just multiple strong, godly men, Brad being one, and a lot, everything hit at once. And us as a church were like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> and it, like it, it was, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It really did. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, this shows me that we're doing something right. We we are being attacked not by God. God is allowing it, but we are being attacked from all sides. And it forced us to restructure. It forced us to take a step back, get back on our knees. It it definitely with my wife and I, it restructured our prayer time. Mm. And we have spent more time in prayer this past 
month and a half than we have in a long time. And and it was good. It was really good. We had people at our house almost every night for mm. probably two weeks in prayer. Uh, every Thursday at 6.30 to whenever, whoever wants to show up, we, we are still doing it. And we are praying for very specific things. Now, things have been changing. We're, we're just praying for everything now. Yeah. Uh, country, Afghanistan, stuff like that. And, and again, yeah, we've had to restructure. And again, looking back at spiritual warfare, this is a campaign. This isn't just battles or a battle here and there. It is a campaign. It is a warfare. We have to strategize. And it was cool because I, I was able to get together with some of the, 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 the other elders of our church, our pastor, a couple other guys. And I'm like, this is, I'm basically calling this a war council because we are under siege and we need to strategize what we're going to do. And it was, it was spent, a lot of it was just in prayer. And, and again, leading into that, that anger side of what are you angry at? Um, how are you reacting? How is your anger being seen versus how are you channeling that and towards what? So that that's what we're talking about today. And who are you angry at? Who are you channeling that towards? Is there any fruit coming from your anger? And so, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. All right. So like I was going to say something about um, you said that he attacked us strategically. And when you think about it, like he took Brad out. He didn't like take me out of this. He took Brad and we use all of his equipment. <laughs> me and Austin have no clue technology, how this thing works. So like he took out the editor, the supplier of technology. <laughs> the publisher and we're just like <laughs> literally I mean, he cut off our legs and our arms mm-hmm. and we were just laying on the floor like we were just what there. happened merely, merely a flesh wound <laughs> back bite your legs off and we were like well i mean can we try to do this and it was like well his laptop requires his thumb or something like that <laughs> like, I mean, we can't really do this i mean we can record off a phone i guess but we had no way to publish it yeah we were it we was were it was uh strategic mm-hmm. it was for sure <clears throat> Made me realize, hey, I need to cross-train these people. Yep, and, I'm ready. Uh, teach yeah, them yep. how to do stuff. I'm ready. I'll learn some stuff. I'm super technologically non-savvy at all. So I am, but not typically editing stuff. It's a, it just doesn't come naturally. It's time-consuming. Um, there's a disclaimer. If you hear a squeaking, Brad's dog is not stopping. He is squeaking a minion. Yeah. The other one is just content... <laughs> As can be, just laying on the top of the porch, just looking out over the over the backyard. And, That's his domain, man. Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out, chilling out. So, I guess the first question to address in this, when it comes to being anger, angry, is, is that okay? Where do we draw the line between righteous anger, sinful anger? Is it okay to be frustrated with God? Is it okay to be annoyed or, 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 or mad or, or just flat out furious with him? I think those are... I think there's a couple of those questions that are kind of easy to answer. Yeah, there is definitely righteous anger, and, and you saw Jesus drive out the the merchants in the temple, flipping tables, flipping tables. Just yes, that is absolutely justified righteous anger. Mm-hmm. There's also sinful anger, where you turn your back, you walk away, you curse God, you curse others, you you wallow in self pity, you become ineffective, you become useless. Not to say you don't take time to heal, because you do need to take time to heal, but you sit in the anger and you let it fester and you let it build and you let it boil over. But I do think there's biblical precedent. There, there, there are verses. I got a bunch pulled up here and we'll go through a couple of them of people being mad at God. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> there's a response that you get a lot of times and, and there's, a, there's a way to express those feelings. And I think it's okay to express those feelings to him. Mm-hmm. He already knows them, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely tell him. You, you, look, at, um, you look at Psalms. You see them all through the book of Psalms. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Mm. My soul is sorely troubled. How long? And I'm just kind of paraphrasing. I'm not reading the the full verses. I, you know, because there's a lot of them here, and I, we don't want to. We don't want this episode to go on for four hours because it could. Because we could just keep going into this. It's but, true. Um, why do you stand so far away, God? You know, just different different cries from David and, and Solomon and, and the writers of the Psalms that are saying, "Why are you doing this?" I look at Jeremiah 12 verse one. It says, "Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you." Mm. Yet I would plead my case before you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive? So he's just flat out asking God, why are the evil people getting away with things? Like I said, we see it all through scripture, people complaining. People, not, I don't know if complaining is the right word, but like venting to God yeah, yeah. their frustrations. You see, again, 
All through Com- Psalm. Complaining. Okay, complaining. It's good. It's Complaining's fine. a good word. So, uh, Romans 7, this is to me is one of the best examples of, of a writer of Scripture complaining to God. And, and it's Romans 7, verses 15 through 20. And it says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So that speaks to our depravity Mm -hmm. as as humans and and as uh, fallen fallen humans. Our sinful flesh. Our sinful flesh. But Paul is complaining. He is like, I know what I want to do. I know what I should be doing, but I just can't do it, and I'm not doing it. I'm doing what I don't want to do. And I just, I think he's venting and and complaining a little bit. But he continues on in in verse 24. He says, um, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hmm. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Yeah. So he he complains. He kind of throws a little bit of a tantrum about the fact that he can't seemingly control his sinful urges and his fleshly desires, but then he ends it with, but God, but God will save me from this body of death. Paul's pretty famous for that. Yeah. So, But God's. But God. So what I've been doing this last few weeks and, and what I've been trying to do and making a conscious effort of is, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with the frustration, dealing with the anger of the situations that we've been in these last few weeks and I don't understand them. I still don't understand them. May never understand them, right? I have a couple ideas as to, you know, maybe some good that I've seen come out of this. Yeah. But I don't understand. And I think it's okay to tell God that. And I think that's I think that's your first step when you're in these situations. At least it has been for me, and it has been helpful, is it, to just be honest with God about how you're feeling. This, this always leads me back to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And again, it's that he knows. He knows your thoughts. He knows your wants. He knows your needs. He knows your desires. But he still wants you to come to him and voice them. That's the whole point of the the personal relationship. He wants to have that conversation with you. And again, it's hard to understand unless you have kids that even with your kids complaining about something, I still want my kids to talk to me. I love talking to my kids and having them come to talk to me. I'm like, well, even if you're complaining about something, go ahead, talk to me. I want I want that conversation. And our Heavenly Father wants that too. Now, at some point, He might slap you and say, okay, <laughs> that's enough self, self-wallowing. Which we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. We'll get to that later. Yeah. 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 But in, it leads me back also to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. It is, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Be angry. Be, I mean, that is one of our emotions that has been given from God. It is not, be anger is not a repercussion of a fallen world. We had anger before sin entered the world. That that came from God. That was one of the emotions. God has anger. And again, going back to it's what you do with it. It's okay to be angry. It's a matter of what you do and how you act with that anger that turns it into sin. Now, looking at that, um, I actually have an excerpt here from John MacArthur. So, be angry and do not sin. Uh, that's a quote from Psalms ch- four, verse four, chapter 4, verse 4. Anger can be either good or bad, depending on motive and purpose. Paul may have been sanctioning righteous indignation, anger at evil. This type of anger hates injustice, immorality, ungodliness, and every other sin. When such anger is unselfish and based on love for God and others, it not only is permissible but commanded. Jesus expressed this righteous anger in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, when he was flipping tables. We are, we are created in the image of God. We've, we've talked about that. And that doesn't mean that God is in his mid thirty, early to mid-30s with a beard and a, and a beer belly, right? Like, that's not what that means. It, it means that we have, his, we have his, some of his characteristics. We have his, you know, we have a soul, we have a spirit and, and a body, we have emotions. And so everything that we have that was given to us from God, all of our emotions, sadness, anger, happiness, joy, love, were given to us by God. 
And God is the perfect example of those emotions. Yes. So his example of love and anger and sadness are what we strive towards and the standard that we are supposed to hold ourselves to. Yeah. And we fail at that miserably. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've discussed that at length. And my, for just personally for me through all this, is trying to fight the urge to have that anger directed right at God Mm -hmm. in a sinful way, right? Where I'm like, again, like I said, with with your, you are the worst. Why are you doing this? Yeah. I hate you. You know, like a, you know, stop, stop, slam, slam the door, and and teenager, teenager, yeah, throw your phone across the room, <laughs> anger, fighting that mm-hmm. tendency and fighting that desire and that urge, and flipping it to look, this situation's awful. I am not happy with it. I don't understand it. It's unjust. It's whatever. Show me how to a get past the anger and b direct that anger, get past the sinful anger and direct yeah. the righteous anger at. Making what, a difference. Exactly. At what do I do next? How do I, des- how do I move forward? Yeah. And it goes back to that fruitfulness. Yeah. Is there fruit being produced from your anger? And what I mean by that is so, okay, so you have a situation where, say, you have a loved one sick. They're dying. I mean, that sucks. It does. Um, my, my grandma, she died back in December. My dad's dad died earlier this year. Uh, stage four cancer. And looking at scripture, looking at David, looking at these people asking God why. I, I, And again, I'm not saying that's wrong at all, but my side of it is I do not propose to ask the king of the universe why he allows things to happen. Because in my mind, I don't need to know. I would like to know, right. but I don't need to. Um, I don't need to know why my grandpa got stage four cancer in his 80s. I don't. All I know is, all I, all I need to know is that he loved the Lord and he was a man of God. It was awesome because I was able to fly out with my entire family to California and uh, saying goodbye to him, saying, Grandpa, I, I mean, I know what's going on. I won't see you again here on earth, but I will meet you in the throne room. And it, just having that moment was awesome. Again, I don't propose to ask the king of the universe why he allows the things that he does. I know that all these bad things, they're not from God. It, it says through scripture, all good things come from God. So all bad things... They come from Satan. They come from the people to whom he controls. That was one of the things I wanted to Let's bring up is place placing your anger on who it should be placed on. Yes. Right? So when things are going on that are just unjust and, and they're they're not fair and we want to complain, who is causing this? It's the fallen nature of the it's it's the fallen world. Yes. And and the fallen world is ruled by whom? Right, so the prince of darkness. Prince of darkness. That is who is causing the, the turmoil. And yes, God is sovereign. And yes, God is is allowing these things to happen. But it's a really difficult su- concept to kind of grasp. I still struggle with it. He allows. He doesn't cause. Mm-hmm. Right. He he doesn't tempt us. The Bible says that very explicitly. Yep. Satan tempts us, but he allows us to be tempted. James one. Count it all joy when you're put through various trials. Yes. He's not causing the trials, but he's going to allow them to happen. Yeah. Because he has the power to stop them, and he will stop them. Sometimes. Yes. Right? Yeah. When it's in his perfect will that we don't understand because we're humans. Feeble-minded. Feeble-minded. Yes. Well, and it, it always leads me back to, yeah, God's allowing these things to happen. But look at the beginning. Look at what God wanted. He wanted perfection. He created Adam and Eve to be perfect. If we were following and we stayed with that, sin never entered the world. Adam and Eve never sinned. I mean, for one, we'd probably all be naked. But granted... <laughs> We probably wouldn't be here. Right. I, and again, not knowing, because that, that's a big what if. But again, God's will, what he wanted was perfection. There would be no sin. There would be no hurt. There would be no getting sunburnt. I mean, mm. no telling what that perfect world would have looked like. We'll see it when we get to heaven. But God's will versus what has happened now. And he is allowing these things to happen to further his kingdom, to mm. further his will. And we know throughout scripture that it takes trials. It takes these things to strengthen us. <laughs> Going back to um, building muscle. In order to build muscle to get stronger, you have to tear that muscle down. And that's one of those dangerous prayers. Well, he's tearing us down, isn't he? Yeah. You know, it's funny, Carter. I don't know if I told you this or not, but I, I had dinner with our pastor recently. And, and I've had a couple conversations with him in the past couple weeks. But specifically, uh, Austin, he's, he's blaming you. For a lot of this, I has he know. told you that he did? Okay, so our pastor's blaming Austin for a lot of this. There was an episode. I want to say it was either one of our manliness episodes or it was our spiritual warfare episode. I don't know which one. Could have been both. Where 
Austin basically said, bring it on to oh, say. Yeah, I, I did he, basically, I did say bring it yeah, on. Yeah, no, he did say bring it on. I yeah. did. Multiple times. And here we are. He brought it. <laughs> yes, so, he did. Um, so I think the moral of that story, I'm just gonna we're just gonna close the episode here. I'm totally kidding. But <laughs> I'll take is, I'll take it. Um, I'm will. just gonna be angry at Austin from now on. Like I'm not, <laughs> not gonna be angry at God and just all at Austin. So we can name this being angry at Austin. Yeah, that's episode. the name of the episode. Be angry at Austin. It's it's all Austin's fault. That'd actually be really funny to put that as a title. I'm not going to do it. Really. I'm okay with okay. that. Okay. I'm okay so. with that. Everyone's like, what is it? What are they talking about? People won't get it until halfway through the episode. Right. It's fine. I love it's it. Fine. It'll force them to listen. Yeah. There you go. But no, he we not saying we asked for this specifically, but we wanted and we want still want to be strengthened and to be built up and to be battle tested mm-hmm. and, and to be strong to where at the ultimate end we are standing firm. Yes. And the only way that happens is to go through the trials, to go through the the, the war. To be to become battle tested by the end, yeah, and to become strong warriors for Christ yeah. at the end. And I feel like we have been thrown a lot at us at once. We have that. Hopefully, we'll achieve that end, yeah, and achieve that purpose. Uh, otherwise, I might get mad again. Be like, mm. why did this happen? It didn't help anything, right? No. <laughs> well, and and that was that was one of <laughs> that was one of our prayers. You know, just with all this going on, that okay. Brad, or just everyone in general, we, we're already in the middle of these trials. So my prayer was was focused towards, all right, Lord, we're in the middle of it. I pray that you would allow us to be strengthened to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Because the way I look at it is, dude, I would hate for a good trial to go to waste. Right. For you to go through something like this and for it basically to mean nothing, that you would not be strengthened to the fullest that God would allow you to. Man, that would suck. Yeah. And to our listeners that have been going through stuff like this, be, and and it's hard to say, but scripture says it, rejoice. Rejoice in trials. Rejoice in these terrible things that are are going wrong because they are being used for your salvation. They are being used to strengthen you for this world, for the things that are yet to come. Because again, looking at the world, what's going on with Afghanistan, with hmm. the Taliban becoming um, becoming a thing again, they're becoming buddies with Russia and China. Yeah, and Revelation talks about things like this. The end is coming, and we are very close. I mean, we've been close for the past two thousand years, right? But it is it is very very close now, and there are things happening right now that are scriptural, and that scripture says will happen and it's happened. So God is allowing us to go through these things to prepare us. And as terrifying as that may be, I get excited, which might be dark, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thinking that we're getting close to the time where Jesus will come back in the clouds, riding a white horse with his sword drawn, I get excited for that mm, yeah. because I'm, man, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to heaven. I I remember growing up and being selfish, being like, "Oh, don't come yet. Please let me get married. Please let me have kids." I'm yeah. like, "Lord, please don't let my kids have, have to, to deal go with through this." this. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, yeah. Going back, you're going through these trials. Take heart. Pray this way that God would strengthen you to the fullest because you're already in it. You're already going through these trials. You've already been through these trials. Pray that God would strengthen you to the fullest. Um, John sixteen thirty three. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, take heart. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Yes. That was another kind of point in my mind that I had was, you know, direct your anger towards who it's supposed to be directed mm-hmm. at and understand the end of the book. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. We've read the ending. We know how this the story ends. We know who wins. Everything we're facing here is temporary. Yeah. Every trial we're going through. Carter, with your situation with, with your job. Last week, the last week or so, temporary. It's 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 uh, frustrating. Doesn't make it easier. Still very annoying, but it's temporary. Yes, these illnesses that we're facing within our church family, temporary, may not be even temporary on this earth. They may be permanent. They they yes. may end up. Unfortunately, you know, we may they may not be with us much longer. Mm-hmm. But that sickness is still temporary because immediately to be absent from the bodies be present with the Lord. So immediately Amen. for for her, temporary. It's over. Yeah. That was Brad that barked. I mean, if you heard that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So just remember the ending. Remember who who wins. Uh, something I was going to say is like in times when I've been angry, something that like helps me to get over that is like 
to know as Christians, like the best is always yet to come and heaven is always like, hasn't come yet. The goal. Like it's, yeah, like it's ahead and I'm ready for it. Like that's the best. Like even though the good things we can experience here, that like makes me excited because I know like as good as like I, I don't know, like I love food or something like that seems really good. Like heaven will be that much better. Oh man. Yeah. Like, way better than that. For Christians, for believers, this is as close to hell as we'll ever get. God. And and sometimes it feels like hell. Yeah. Right? Sometimes yeah. it feels like we're going through hell. Yeah. We're not. We're not. Because whatever situation you've been in that is legitimately awful, hell is infinitely worse. Yeah. Well, and that's why it describes it as a race. Yeah. We are running towards the goal of eternal life. But along the way, there are pitfalls, there are sinkholes, there are forest fires, there are these awful things going on. Why? Because this world is doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. We are. This world is going to burn. It says that in the end of the book. Yeah. And we're running from that towards heaven. So those things are to be expected. Yeah. So again, take heart for I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And, and this is as close to hell as you'll get. For unbelievers, if you're listening... Or for those of you who know unbelievers, have them in your family, in your circle of friends, in, in your workplace. This is as close to heaven as they're going to get. Yes. So that that $80 steak that is just wonderful, melts in your mouth, that relationship you're in with your with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend that is just makes you just so happy and, and joyous, on this, that's as close to heaven as you're going to get. Yeah. And all those trials and everything that you're facing, all those things that are just terrible the sickness the death the the injustice the the division within the country all that stuff it gets infinitely worse for you at the end and there's no hope so i encourage you if you're an unbeliever think about that yes make that decision i don't want to scare you into christ that's not how this works no, no, but no. just understand the reality of the situation there's a reason why the three of us can go through what we've gone through these last few weeks and still do this podcast yes well and it's pumped maybe us up for this. maybe a few weeks ago i wasn't i wasn't there maybe like i don't want to do this anymore because again i was mad yeah but there's a reason why the three of us can <laughs> can go through this our church family can go through what it's gone through and come out on the other side, which we're still not on the other side of everything yet. We're still in the middle of it. But come out more united, closer to each other, and ultimately closer to God, and yes. still do stuff like this, and still talk about how good he is. Yeah. Because he's good. The situation sucked, but he's good. He is good. It's not fair, but he's good. Yeah. For me, this leads to, okay, looking outside the box, extrapolating. And I remember growing up, my dad, I had an anger issue. I just growing up as a kid not knowing how to focus that. And I remember sitting down with my dad a lot and being angry. And my my dad looking at me being like, all right, what are you angry at? And a lot of times, like, I don't know. I'm just angry. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, I get it. But let's focus that. Why? Why are, you, why are you angry? And that is the awesome part about prayer. That is where you go to your heavenly father and say, Lord, I am angry. I am ticked. And I I don't know what to do with this. And it is through constant prayer and reading scripture to wash over you. And you need to look outside the box, take a step back and say, and ask yourself, why am I angry? And once you have figured that out, how do you focus it to become a righteous anger? And if it has nothing to do with righteous anger, then you need to let it go. Right. Um, going back to Ephesians where it says, be angry and don't let the sun go down on your anger. Even looking at righteous anger. Now, the... Some people look at it specifically as one day, as in, as soon as the sun goes down, let your anger go. I don't necessarily look at it that way. I I guess for me, it depends on what it is. Because yeah, sometimes you need to sleep it off. <laughs> it's true. It is true. I would assume <clears throat> with your wife, there might be charged moments of anger where like, you know what? I'm really tired. Emotions get heightened when you're tired. We don't need to do this right now. <laughs> Well, we need and, to take a nap. <laughs> and there are times where I say you're up at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And you're talking about it and you, you just need to take a break. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've, I've never been angry with my wife. I've been frustrated and aggravated oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I've, yeah, I've never, I've Aww. never actually been angry with my wife. My, my wife is actually super cool. So anyway, different, different. She's, o- she's okay, I guess. She's, okay. Oh, she's yeah. fine. She's redhead. It's fine. <laughs> 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 anyway. Wow, I did not want to go there today. Oh, man. Why did you do that? I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's fine, Brad. <laughs> wow. Anyway. It's all Austin's fault. <laughs> um, again, looking at your anger and is this a righteous anger versus not? If it is not, one, you need to ask forgiveness from, from God. 
saying, Lord, please forgive me for this. Help me. Help me with this. Take this anger away. And it, this this leads into a bunch of other things. You know, if you've wronged someone, if someone's wronged you, how do you approach that? That's We can talk about that at a different time. This is talking about what you do with your anger, and you cannot act on it. Um, you cannot, I mean, even speaking to people, you need to be careful of the way you talk to people in your anger, because there may be times that you need to say, look, I, I need to go for a walk. I, I can't do this right now. Um, and again, looking at marriage, looking at biblical marriage, um, there's a time for that, but there's a time not to do that. Uh, the, the way I look at it is, as, as the man, you are getting so angry that you cannot sit and talk to your wife, that you have to leave. The, there is a point that you can do that. You say, yeah, all right, look, <clears throat> I need a minute. Give me 15 minutes. Let me go take a breather. Let me walk around whatever. But if you have to drive away, if you have to go to the gym, if you have to work this out, that's, in my opinion, my understanding of scripture, that's wrong. Because you are stepping out of your role as leader, as spiritual head of that household. You are stepping out and you are now making your wife take that position. And you cannot do that. So you have to, yes, you need to cool down for a minute, take a step back, cool down, but you have to come back and you need to resolve those issues. That is where I go into the Ephesians of do not let the sun go down in your anger. Don't let it fester. Don't do let it stew. Let it Don't let it build and boil. That's when it explodes. That's when that's yeah. when that yeah. everything just kind of comes out and you say things you don't need to say. Yes. You you call people name like you you go full just postal yes. at that point. Um or in in my case, I get ulcers cuz I just don't tell say anything to anyone ever. There, yeah, that's because <laughs> so it, it because it has a physical effect on you too. Yeah, when you let that anger and that bitterness and that rage just kind of sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, same with stress, but that's a different topic. But when yeah. you let those things just and you don't deal with them, yes, it physically has an effect on you. Yeah, beyond spiritually as well, like mm-hmm. spiritually for sure, but it has a physical effect on you. And that again, I'm not married and never have been, but I'm assuming it could be detrimental to the marriage. It is into that relationship. It is. It, What's detrimental to our French friendships, right? If, yeah. if if Carter does something to upset me and I never say anything about it, it will always it be will there. always be there, yeah. and eventually I'm going to resent him. Yep. If I don't stop pushing him down the stairs, he's eventually going <laughs> to oh, resent me. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was no, coming. No, I didn't. <laughs> but honestly, though, you have to deal with that anger in a righteous way before it becomes sinful. Yes, because it it, it will. Every yes. time. Well, and then looking at that side of righteous anger, you have to do that with righteous anger as well. You cannot let it sit for too long. You have to do something with it. Because again, if you let it sit there without doing anything, as righteous as it may be, you are angry at injustice. You are angry at these evil, awful things in the world. Because that's what we're called to do as Christians. Right. Hate evil. Hate everything that is contrary to God. But if you do nothing with that, you're just sitting in your house, oh, I hate this evilness, <laughs> ah, but you're not doing anything? Yeah. That is really bad because, yeah, bitterness will set in. Wickedness will set into your heart because well, of that. It was that way for me with, with all this COVID stuff in 2020, mm. Everything when it all started. Like, if, you know, after you kind of after I personally kind of made the determination that this was a lot politi- a lot more political than it was health, it was a lot more let's seize control and seize power and take away freedoms than it was health, a lot more let's make sure that the mean orange man doesn't get back, get reelected than it was yeah. health. Yep. I got really mad because there are a lot of injustices that are that were taking place there. Not going to get into the politics of it or anything, but I had to stop watching the news or stop or stop listening to commentary on the news for a while because yeah. I was angry at the injustices that were being, the freedoms that were being taken away, yeah. the 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 people who were being treated so poorly, you know, because they believe differently, because they don't toe this particular line. Yes. And how demonized and how villainized we th- those people became, our, our, you know, people of our political beliefs, religious beliefs, all of that being demonized. It's, inju- it's unjust. And we are, it's okay to be upset by that. But I was letting it negatively affect mm-hmm. my relationship with, with God and my relationship with those around me, those who felt differently than I did. Yeah. And I had to take a step back and be like, look, I need to still be aware of what's going on, but like, I'd maybe not immerse myself in it because I'm not doing anything with it. I'm exactly. just listening to it and just getting angry and fired up. There's no fruit there. There's no fruit there. Yes. So th- this leads me to Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and on. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight 
of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And, I mean, that's it. We, we're in an evil world. Everybody you meet in your entire life, you are dealing with sinful people. Christians, you are in a Christian service in church with a bunch of sinful people. We are doing this podcast with three sinful with people. With three sinful people. And and a sinful dog. And, a, <laughs> and sinful listeners. Yeah, and sinful listeners. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Don't take offense, because it's true. Um, we have to act accordingly. If you are getting angry at people for their sin, you need to take that step back and look at your own. Because the whole, that whole point with Jesus said, don't go pointing out the sawdust in your brother's eye if you have a log in your eye. And, I mean, yeah, that leads into judgment, stuff like that. But how can you effectively take out that dust? How can you effectively help your brother? If you can't even see right because you have a log in your eye, that a log. There's a reason why he said that. You yeah. cannot see. It's you, you're blind. Yeah. It, yeah, it's basically stupid. And we need to be, be very conscious of that. We've got a couple more things we want to get to real quick. And, and the first thing before we wrap up is, is Austin wants to talk about, and we all want to talk about the book of Job and how... You know, we, we talked about the precedent that was set in the Bible of complaining to God and kind of venting and airing out your grievances and, and uh, that there is a time to say, God, I don't like this. I I am frustrated. I am this. I am that. Take your prayers to him. Take your requests to him. But let's look a little bit at, at Job. And we all know, hopefully we all know the story of Job. If you don't, go read it. It's an amazing story. Job lost everything. Yeah. Like everything. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female goats, all his sons, all his daughters, his wife. Well, no, his wife lived, but but she basically made, lost yeah, her too. Basically lost yeah. her too. And of course, God and die. Like you're, he's terrible. You know. Yeah. Um. He got boils, right? He, yep. He got. He lost his health. Yep. Everything but death came to to Job to the point where I'm sure Job was like, "Just let me die." Yeah. Like I would rather die than go through any more of this. Well, and, and if you read Job, the it, it's long. Yeah. It is. There are. Forty. There are forty-two chapters, and most of it is. It seems like Job complaining. Yeah, and by rights, I mean he lost literally everything. He lost his children. He lost his home. He lost his wealth. He lost everything. Literally everything. He lost his health, and he's complaining. And his friends show up and basically telling him, "You're an awful person." Because nothing like this would ever happen to anybody unless they didn't do something wrong. Right. And they're just berating him, telling him that you did something wrong. You need to ask forgiveness and just going on and on. And I want us to look at that. I want us to look at the things that are going on in our lives. And for me, this is how I came to the the thought of, I do not supposed to ask the king of the universe why he does the things he does. Because of the response that God gives to Job. So yeah, this is this is God's response to Job. After he's talked to his friends, his friends are telling him basically he's this kind of awful guy for he's probably done something wrong. This is God's response to Job. He says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkness counsels by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors? When it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the day to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? 
It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the spring of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light, and where is the place of darkness, that you may take to its territory, and that you may discern the paths to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouse of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the way to the place where the light is disturbed? and where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain, and a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land where no man is on the desert in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, to make the ground sprout with grass? And he goes on. My, my favorite is actually 39 verse 1. Um, it says, Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? <laughs> Do you observe the calving of the does? <laughs> And he just, he does. He spends two chapters just berating. Yes. Not, not berating. That's not the right word. It's reminding. Putting him in his place. He is. And, and, and making sure he understands his place. And, and Job responds, <laughs> behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? <laughs> yes. Well, and, and even then, you know, in chapter four, verse five, he says, I have, Job says, I have spoken once and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. He, it's basically this promise of silence. Yeah. And so God hits him again. He says, Then the Lord answers Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Basically, excuse me? No. no, no. Be a man. Yeah. I am addressing you. I am the king of the universe. You are going to answer me. And he continues. For another two chapters. <clears throat> for another two chapters. And, and just a little bit more. Pour out the overwhelmings of your anger. And look on everyone who is proud and abased him. Look on everyone who is proud and brings him low, and tread down the wicked where they stand. Pour out your anger. He says, Job, pour out your anger. And again, yeah, he goes, he goes on, telling Job, this is who I am. This is what I have done. This is what I know. You know nothing. And Job listens, and he, and he comes to that realization of, wow, you were right. You gave me all these things. You can take them away. And and at the end of Job, it's the Lord restores Job, Job's fortune. Mm -hmm. And when he prayed, actually, so that's a cool foot, footnote, that God confronts his three friends mm -hmm. and God rebukes them saying, how dare you? Everything you've been saying against Job is wrong. And I'll tell you what, you need to take like seven seven ox and a bunch of goats and a couple other things, and you need to go sacrifice to your friend. Once you've sacrificed to your friend, you need to ask Job to pray for you to me. That is the only re that is the only way you'll be saved, that I won't kill you. And so they go, they sacrifice, they ask Job, please pray for us. And Job does. Job prays for his friends and God answers his friends saying, because Job prayed for you, you'll live. Yeah. And then and After, Job is restored. Job is restored. More than what he had at the beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female goats. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And he lived another 140 years. Yep. We see Job lose everything. We see him <laughs> complain and, and gripe and whine to God. We see God say, who are you? You... I." Pair of Brad's wording here. Who are you, you peasant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you waif, <laughs> you worm, you worm, you maggot. Yeah. Like, who are you yeah. to question me? Um, but then we see restoration. We see yeah. repentance. That is important. You have to repent and you have to understand your place in this universe. So once that repentance happens, there's going to be restoration. Does that mean restoration like Job, where you ever you get everything you want and you not necessarily, but there will be restoration. Could be. On the other side of this earth. It could Job be, was a special case. He was. Yeah. It, it could be in heaven. Like we talked about with, with the healing of the people that we know. Yeah. She may not be healed on the, this side of heaven, but man, once she's on the other side of this world, yeah. she, is, she is completely healed. And oh, she is man. no more suffering. 
So there's hope in the midst of these dark times and the midst mm-hmm. of these trials. And, and that is something I have to remind myself basically daily <laughs> that there's hope. There's been some good that's come out of some of this, and that's another topic for another day. But there's hope. It's not over. We don't know what the outcomes are going to be for any of the situations that we're in right now, but there's hope. So I want to encourage, I want to leave you with that encouragement. I also want to leave you with a couple things. Just when you, what, what I have found in the last few weeks and practical use, practical use. I think the first thing, of course, is prayer, getting underneath before God. That's not going to be easy. No, it's really not. Especially when you're angry, <laughs> especially when you're mad. Um, it wasn't easy for me. It still sometimes isn't easy, but this is where this next point comes in. Find your brothers and sisters in Christ and get them with you. Yes. Whether that is a time for prayer, because I think there's multiple ways this could go, where you guys spend some time in prayer together. You get them praying for you on their own. And if, you know, if they're your brother and sister in Christ, they're going to. It's going to happen. Spend time with them. Don't be by yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Don't get yourself into a situation where you are alone. That is where it will turn to bitterness. And and, and that's where I lean. That's where I go. That's my go-to, is to come to the house pull the blinds closed, make this as, this room as dark as possible, and just watch garbage on television. Like, that is that is my go-to in, in situations when things get tough. I have to fight against that. I don't care. You, you don't... Yes, yeah, spend time with, with, with brothers and sisters, but just be with them. You yeah. don't necessarily have to even talk about what's going on. You don't necessarily have to pray together the entire... Just be there. Just be a... And if you are not going through something and your brother and sister, be there for that person. Yeah. If they need... Hey, just come over and watch a movie with me. Come over and, and just be Immerse. in the same room. It helps more than you can, it, 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 at least it helps me, more than yeah. I can describe. Just having someone around. Well, biblically, and, we know it is not good for man, man to be alone. but mankind. Right. I mean, it's not good for us to be alone. That is where we're left to our thoughts. We're left to right. our own devices. And that's where, again, bitterness sets in. That's where, that's where evil thoughts start to arise. Exactly. And yeah, we need to immerse ourselves with fellow believers. Yep. That's key. That's key. Because That's key. you can surround yourself with all kinds of people, but unless we are surrounded by the people with the same goal and the same purpose as us, there is no fruit or benefit there. Right. I mean, yeah, there's conversation, sure. Well, and, and there's, there's you know, companies, like I said, sometimes just have, being, have someone around you is, is, is helpful. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean you just pull away from all your non-believing friends because that has a counterproductive oh, yeah. thing too. Like that's not how you. Do. But that's who you need. You need to. You need your support system to be your yeah. believers and, and your 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 Christian brothers and sisters that will push you towards Christ and push you towards dealing with that anger in, in the right way. Right. And, and dealing with the the upsetness and the sadness and the depression in, in in a right way. Yeah. Talk to a professional if you need to. Go go to a Christian counselor. I, I think in situations where it is spiritual more so than than chemical or more so than like whatever, a Christian based counselor or psychiatrist is the way to go. Talk to somebody. I'm not saying get on medicine. I'm not saying do this or the other. I'm saying have someone that's a little bit removed from the situation to just talk to. Don't be too proud to do that. Yeah. Get it, you know. And, take, and take remember, steps. we're in a warfare. We're we're fighting. You cannot fight alone. You have to have people to fight with you. Right. And I mean, all this stuff that we've been going through, we've been fighting. And we have had people able to surround us and us surround them and be like, we're fighting with you. You're not doing this alone. Let us help. And there's so much benefit from that. There's so much that comes from that. And with that. So and be encouraged by that. Yeah. And and tell, you know, we, we talked about prayer. Tell God how you're feeling. He already knows. Be honest. Have that conversation with him. He might give you a four chapter smackdown. It's true. <laughs> but look how it ended. Look at that look at that how that chap those chapters in Job ended, right? Like there's gonna be a restoration. Yeah. So it may not be fun, it may not be pretty, but yeah. but let your make your request known. Yeah. And and just be honest. And he might, like I said, he might beat you down a little bit, put you in your place, but that's what we need. Yeah. So, any final thoughts? It, it just leads me to uh, our, our our friend, She she's in the hospital. Uh, I find my prayer, you know, I'm praying for that healing. I'm praying for that restoration, for her to come back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at in Philippians, um, where, where Paul was talking to them of, you know, I basically that thought of, I'm still here for your benefit. Because I would rather go and be with Jesus. I would rather go to heaven. But if I'm still here, it's it's because you guys still need it. And my thought is, you know, we still need her. We, mm-hmm. uh, and again, that might be selfish. <laughs> um, 
but that we still need her. We need her her wisdom for these younger women in our church. And, and it's okay to pray for that. And it's so, okay it's to okay pray okay for It's okay to say, we, we need her here. But but your will be done. Right. And and that's the answer to my prayer yeah. of, Lord, again, let your will be done. I'm praying that this is your will. Right. But either way, if she is healed and she comes back versus you decide to allow her to go home, not you take her home, you allow right. her to go home, that your power and your glory be shown either way. And um, we need we need to be praying that way. Yeah. And if God decides to let her go home, to not be angry. Because, yeah, we miss her. We love her a lot. Mm-hmm. And just her influence on the, our church is immense. And a lot of people don't see just how, how immense that yeah, is. But incredible. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll miss her. But she is singing holy. She would be singing holy, holy before the, mm. the throne. I'm like, yeah, we should mourn for her. Oh, she's, yeah. Mourn for yourself. <laughs> mourn for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't do that. That's, yeah, don't well, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, well, guys... This was needed. This was this was mm-hmm. this was good. This was a good therapy session for me. So thank you all for being <laughs> my my counselors for an hour or so. We will be back next week. Uh, again, I'm not sure in the next few weeks what it's exactly going to look like, but we will have new content out. Yes, and and we're we're back. If it's one episode, it'll be one episode. Could be seven. We just Could, don't know. We don't it's know. Not be seven. It's not going to no. be seven. <laughs> it might be three. Might be three. Who knows? But no. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, like us. Support us. Pray for us. Pray for us. That's the big Pray one. for us. Pray yes. for us. I mean, you'll still hear our little ad at the end of this to to like us on Facebook and all that stuff and and whatever. We have bracelets, yada, yada, yada. For me, that's not where I'm focused on right now. We do need your prayers more than anything yes. else. And I think Austin has a verse to leave us out with, and we will, we will wrap it up. So, I, yeah, just a couple excerpts from Philippians. Uh, going through all this, Philippians chapter 1, a lot of reading through that. So, Philippians chapter 1, I'll start verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. We're suffering for his sake. That That is a good thing. But again, going back to that, being surrounded by fellow believers, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Amen. And through constant <clears throat> prayer, constant prayer, we need to be doing that. And then just to leave you guys off with like a little prayer for calming your anger. Sovereign Lord, bring peace to my mind and my heart as I feel angry at the situation I am in. May I take hold of your promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. In whatever circumstances I face that produce anger in my heart, remind me that you have not left my side and you never will. Amen. Thank you for listening Amen. to our show. We'll if you enjoyed week. what Stay you rooted. heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos.